our home and native land. True patriot love in all of us command. Where is my hockey? It is a rainy October night and there is no hockey on. I just got out of the shower and I was listening to sports talk radio, which was left on. Stan Bowman, who is the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, was being recapped. There's been some moving and shaking going on with my uh, Chicago Blackhawks. There, let me. There we go. Fix the sound. There has been some moving and shaking going on with my Chicago Blackhawks, and it just made me sad. This year kind of really killed it for professional sports for me. I don't know what to say, but I miss it. And it's just unfortunate that COVID and the whole sitting, kneeling, standing, (laughs) doing headstands for the anthem. I just want to see people play sports. We go and watch sports for an escape. I haven't really watched sports a whole game in a long time. I did go to a Blackhawks game, a Hawks game as we call them. So I did go to a Hawks game with the fam last December for my daughter's birthday. Great time. Boy, do I miss it. It's just killed it for me. They're supposed to be playing a game and escaping us. It's as, it's entertainment. It's an escapism for us to be watching that. But man, do I miss it. So yeah, that popped into my head. I was in the shower. I'm home alone. So I'm just sharing you what I did in the shower. I just did my stadium anthem singer's voice, goofy as it may be. And I just have always loved O Canada. Man, that just reminds me. It brings me back to the days of the 90s, the late 80s, early 90s, which was my youth come up in heyday. The, the Norris division here in Chicago, every time the Blackhawks would play the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'd listen to it on the radio and it was just chilling. It got me so juiced. They would always sing O Canada first because the Toronto Maple Leafs were the visitors. And then next would be the U.S. National Anthem. And then we would be ready to drop the puck. It was always a knockdown drag out fight. The old black and blue Norris division. I'm going to get a little bit hockey here for a second. The old Norris division used to have my Blackhawks, the St. Louis Blues, (laughs) the Detroit Red Wings, the Minnesota North Stars, which are now defunct, and they moved the they moved to Dallas. The Dallas Stars is, is the uh, Minnesota North Stars old team. And who am I forgetting? Oh, the Detroit Red Wings, the Dead Wings, the hated Dead Wings, the Red Wings from Detroit. All of those games were just uh, so many good memories, and it was just such an escape. It used to, it was what I I escaped from going to school, a lot of problems at the time with home. Uh, My stepfather and I didn't get along, just being a very lanky, awkward, acne riddled, glasses wearing, super skinny, lacking all kinds of self-confidence teenager. But when it came time to watch hockey and play hockey on Sega Genesis with my friends, even street hockey, we'd play ball hockey. Those were some of the most fun times I've had in my life. Just 
hanging out with the guys. Speaking of with my friends, I used to get so much crap because this was so in 1990 for Christmas, my grandmother, everybody used to wear these starter jackets and they were satin and you just had to have one. Everybody had a starter jacket, a satin starter jacket, and everybody had the Blackhawks. I would have been just like everyone else. So I had to be different. And what did I do? I got the Los Angeles Kings starter jacket because Wayne Gretzky, uh, about a year and a half earlier, had been traded to the Los Angeles Kings. And man, did I catch some flack. But now I look back, I wish I knew what happened to that jacket because I'd love to have it again. It was the old uh, 75th anniversary era of the NHL, the uh, logo that the Los Angeles Kings wore. If you if you want to see it, Google uh, 1990s Los Angeles Kings logo. And that's the one that Gretzky was, that he made famous. Boy, did I love that code. <laughs> I got so much crap being on the streets of Chicago. And not only was it bad that the it wasn't a Hawks coat, but it was also street gangs wore the LA Kings. LA Kings, the Latin Kings, they were a big street gang uh, near where I grew up uh, in Chicago. I say Chicago, but if you, uh, if you haven't done it yet, look on a map. Berwyn, Illinois is where I grew up. It's about maybe nine miles west of the city, something like that. It's, it's, I always, always told I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and I thought that we were in the suburbs, but now I go back there, which actually I just did go back. Perfect segue. My mother came into town, as you know, on Friday, I did the podcast, threw it out there and I went and picked her up. So we went to, there's the, so we, we went to Berwyn, Illinois. We went by the old house where we grew up, uh, where, where I grew up, where my grandparents lived about a mile south of us, north of us. I'm sorry. Not like you guys know, it, it doesn't matter. I could have said any direction. And for 99.9% of you, you have no clue. It'll mean nothing. So that's my tick. That is my tick with the, so I can't help it. I'm working on it. We, we went through the neighborhood. Boy, does time fly when I'm trying to do it. It's just, I have to do it. So we went through the old neighborhood and man, does time fly. We went by our old house, saw a lot of things that we did that are still there. What's what's different? What's the same? And it just made me think that I'm 42 and life has gone by so quickly. It just feels like yesterday that I was living in that house with my mother and I have three brothers my biological father left before I was one year old. So I became the product of divorce early on. This was in 1979 that he left. I was born in 78 and all my friends, they all had a father. I only knew one other kid who became my best friend, but his dad had died of a heart attack, but his parents were way older. They were already in their forties. My mother and I are 20 years apart and my father was 19 when I was born. Gee, I wonder why he didn't want to stick around. And it was a shotgun wedding. They didn't mean to get, um, they weren't trying to start a family at 19 and 20, obviously. 
and they got married and it just didn't work out. My dad left and my grandparents helped raise me with my mother. We lived for them. We lived with them for a good long time. And my, my grandfather basically became my father figure. My grandparents are, were old. So my mother was the baby of the baby. My grandpa was born in 1914 and he was the last of 11 children. I had the pleasure funny story of meeting one of his older sisters, obviously, because he was the baby, duh. And she was born in 1895, called her Aunt Frances. How cool is that, that I actually met somebody that was born in the 1800s? Not a lot of people can say that, but I sure can say that. So my grandparents, my grandpa was born in 1914. My grandma was born in 1919 and they lived through the, they lived through they lived through the Great Depression. And I have a lot of Great Depression era sensibilities and sentiment and disposition from that time frame built into me and who I am. And it's just part of what makes me unique. They were always saving everything, telling me to save and save everything until you absolutely had to throw it out. My grandpa had a box of Christmas lights that he never got around to fixing because he didn't want to get rid of them. And part of me has, that's why dividend growth investing has fit so well with me because it's part of my character to want to save. Yes, he was bohemian and that's part of it. They say bohemians are cheap, cheapskates and that all. I've heard all that. And it just does fly by. We went by their graves. And as I was standing there looking at their gravestones, I told my mom, I said, you know what? It's kind of hitting me that I we all have that day we're going to die. So we're, we know our birthday through our entire lives, but you do not know the day you're going to die. And as I looked down at their gravestones and I saw those days the, the to the day, the month, the day, and the year. We all have it. I have it. You have it. We all have that day that we're going to die. And it does, I don't mean this to sound morbid. It's actually motivating. It, it rejuvenated me. It motivated me because <laughs> what regrets, if you knew the, say you, you knew you were going to die in three years, what would you regret not doing right now, right now today, if you knew that you were going to die in three years from today, what would you regret if you didn't do it? And I think that's a great place to start. Start, focus on that. Live, live. Uh, I, I just read The Latte Factor. Really good book, David Bach. I finished it yesterday morning. Really short read on Libby. I think it was four hours long really, really short book. Nothing new. I didn't learn anything new, but I liked the way he he told the, the, the story, the information. He turned it into a story. And as I've said, you're not going to hear anything that hasn't been said before. It may be new to you, but somebody is putting their own spin on it. I look at it like Lego blocks. They're just taking ideas that already exist and rearranging them and saying them in a different way putting their own spin on it, putting my own spin on some of these things. That's what we need to focus on. And I told my mother as, and it actually tied into the book I read before, uh, the the sun still shines, which was Anthony Ray Hinton spent 30 years on death row, 
he went to, to death row, went to prison in 1985 for a murder he did not commit. Two murders he did not commit. Uh, I stand corrected. And we, he said once those people found out their death day, so he kept winning appeals and winning appeals, so he never got that day. But the people around him, he said when they got that day, there was an immediate shift. That was all they could think about their mind. They couldn't think of anything else other than the day they were going to die. So it's basically a blessing to humanity not knowing your death day. And it just made me think there's so much I have to do. There's so much I want to do. And my grandparents both lived into their 90s. So I have longevity on my side. But hey, you know, it was raining today and dark as I was driving. What if a semi just crossed over uh, a double yellow and hit me head on at 50 miles an hour and that was it you know longevity isn't going to save you from a head-on collision with a semi truck as much as we'd like to hope and think just do that if you're hearing this just put that in the back of your head in your subconscious and and think what would you regret not doing if you knew you only had three years from right now today to live i think your life would be different obviously we would probably spend a little bit more which I think is the point. And I was just talking to my wife about it, that I have a grand plan for when I am, this is going a little bit long, but I want to get it off my chest. And I think it's good to say, I have a grand plan for when we're in our fifties and sixties and seventies, when I, those three, God, that's a long time. And that's, you know, fifties is right around the corner for me. I'm going to be 43 in April, but you don't know what's going to happen. You could have that semi, you could get cancer. You you could predict, you could say that you're going to do something at 60 years old. This is what's going to happen. And at 59 and a half, something unforeseen happens and forget about it. Good night, Irene. I don't want to do that. So I want to live life as full as I can now doing things that are meaningful. Excuse me. Yes, I'm going to buy my dividend growth stocks. I'm going to save and invest and I'm going to plan that I'm going to live to a hundred. That's always been my goal. I've said that since high school, I will be upset if I don't live to a hundred years old. I'm hoping that's the case. Cause that means I got another, what? 58 years left to go. I think. Yeah. 58 years on the planet. I told you I was bad at math and I'm not lying. I really am bad at math. Simple math. I struggle with just do it. Just do it. Get started. Light that fire. Speaking of fire, the fire community, the uh, financial independent, financially independent, retired early, I think the acronym stands for. I see a lot of these millennials and God bless them that they're doing as much as they can. No fun living like they're poor, saving 60, 70% of everything they earn to be retired at their mid thirties. But dude, what happens if you get hit by that bus on at 29 and you just, you, I've done things in my life that I did splurge and spend a little bit more than I should have, but at least those were, were meanings. As I said, I was raised now here's, this is full circle (laughs) coming back full circle. As I was raised by two people that went through the great depression, I spent on experiences I have not spent that much on physical, tangible items, things that I think will make you happy. And a lot of these memories I have that I spent on, 
They are with me for the rest of my life. They can't be taken away. They're not going to rust. Yeah, okay, they'll fade, but that's fine. And I've just been rambling now, and I'm going to tell you about a few things I did in my uh, portfolio, portfolios, portfolios before. I'm going to take a sip of my sparkling water and listen to the loop that keeps playing in the background as I listen to every one of my podcasts. And at times I focus on the music. Now you'll catch yourself doing it, but I like it. I don't know. I like having music in the background. That's uh, uno momento, por favor. Listen, uh, escucha, escucha to the, the music, the, la musica. Yes, sir, that is good sparkling water from Aldi, passion fruit, and it is still sober October. I'm doing good. 20 days without alcohol. I'm surviving. I haven't broken out in spots or anything like that. And sorry, I get a little nasally. You can hear it. Uh, I don't know why, but I take a shower. I come downstairs here to do the podcast and get a little bit nasally so we'll get through it we'll fight through it together you ain't gonna take me down ain't no way ain't no how what we do is sober october around here and i am ready for a drink but nothing has changed quick update on that i have not noticed anything with with my weight with how i feel with any kind of joint pain. I can tell I'm going to have arthritis. That's just the way it goes. That's one thing that has run in my family. A uh, little bit of joint pain. I do take fish oil. I love the fish oil. I like fish. And I've been sleeping the same. So really nothing new to report, nothing different, nothing changed, but I'm still doing it. Uh, obviously alcohol is a toxin. If you do drink, you are poisoning yourself. That's the altered state of consciousness effect that you're getting. It's your brain. Your body is being poisoned. So we, uh, we're not poisoning ourselves here for a full, almost a full 31 days. Halloween night, we will start drinking. Okay. Get your one up and out there. What are we going to do now? AT&T. So we'll kick this whole shindig off with AT&T. I did buy... So I was looking at selling this the so 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 I was looking at selling a covered call and the premiums were so low. How low can you go? Really low, not even worth it low for where I need to sell at. And because they were low, it got me looking at some leaps, some long-term calls uh, options. And I bought two for June 18th, 2021. That's when they expire for $30, not for $30. They are $30 strike price calls that I paid 84 cents for each of those contracts. So I bought two $30 calls that expire June 18th, 2021 for 84 cents. Now, AT&T does have uh, a lot of, it's a pretty cyclical stock from everything I've seen. It does vacillate between the mid to upper 20s and then the mid to upper 30s, back and forth and up and down, back and forth. It goes in and out, in and out burger. Uh, I had the pleasure of eating in and out burger when I lived in San Diego when I was in the United States Navy. 
that's not here or there, but now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. And that's what I did. I bought two calls, so I got a lot of time. The decay on those is not going to be as pronounced right now, but every day closer that we get to expiration, and the further it stays away from $30, the more it eats into that price, and the contracts will start to tick down in price until they become worthless unless AT&T goes above $30 and then as much as it can go above $30 uh, that's a multiple of 100 shares so it's going to keep going up by that much making those contracts valuable so it really is a gamble I usually like to play the casino I like to play the house but every time I get a bit with <laughs> yeah you hear that Bibbit, 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 Billy Bibbit. Billy Babbitt was a character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. What a great movie with Jack Nicholson. If you haven't seen the original, I don't know if they made a remake from the 70s, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Highly, highly recommend it. Billy Babbitt was a stutterer, uh, kind of like Elmer Fudd. So that was what I did with AT&T. We'll see how those turn out. I'll let you guys know. Had a few buys today market was rebounding a little bit. I bought a share of ABV, ticker symbol ABBV, for $84.70, which was a 5.57% yield on that ass. <laughs> I had to say it, on that stock. What a nice yield that is. Big. Kills any savings account. Yes, you're, it's a lot more risky, but uh, as I'm going to tell you here, their three-year growth, a stupid 87%, 46% free cash flow payout ratio, which is awesome for what they're paying out. JP Morgan on the 16th of October raised their target to $120 a share. Check that. It's $84 a share right now. They have a 19.20% net margin. Very nice net margin as if you don't remember net margin. All that that is, is for every, so in this case, for every $100 that comes in, uh, Abvi, I was going to say Abvit, Abvit. I like to run words together. Do you? So for every $100 that comes into Abvi, they keep $19.20 of that. That's really good. I like to see well over 10 because that gives a bigger cushion to uh, in case anything happens they have a bigger cushion of profit that they're keeping in-house and that gave me an extra four dollars and 72 cents of dividend income and then i bought two shares of merck ticker symbol mrk for 78 dollars and 32 cents those do pay two dollars and 44 cents per share which uh, is a 3.12 percent yield not as good as AbbVie, but very nice. And they have grown that 22% over the last three years. And as I did my YouTube video, I showed the chart from their proxy statement. Yeah, it was their proxy statement. I had to think there. Where if you put $100 into Merck in 2012, I don't have it in front of me. Whatever five years from then was, you would have had $187. So very nice gain. That's with including uh, reinvested dividends and everything good. So that's, come on, you can't beat that. $87 gain in five years on 100 bucks with Merck. 
I take that. You ain't going to get that from a bank account. Hell no, you ain't going to get that. JP Morgan raised their price to $105 a share. So they are undervalued. According to old JP Morgan, they should boost their own share price up. I do own them in the SDIRA, Styra in the Sidira. 22% net margin, 22.20 to be correct, to be accurate. As according to Market Beat, I hope they're accurate. Make me look like the fool. Make me play the fool. Uh, 37% free cash flow payout ratio on Merck. Again, I'm very comfortable buying Merck. So I bought two pharma companies today. Big, big pharma companies. And uh, what else? One more thing. I bought Kimberly Clark. I added my 10th share of Kimberly Clark for $149.28, which is a 2.87% yield. So we descended a little bit there in the yields, which is quite all right. $4.28 per share they pay per annum. I think that's a fancy way of saying it. I don't know. We'll just say it is. Go with it. Yes, sir, it is. They have a price target, uh, according to Market Beat, of $157.88. I like how they get that exact $0.88 cents there. Whatever multiples they're using, I, I know I would get my intrinsic value number or the fair value number by uh, taking the, the PE, the five-year PE, and dividing it into the current PE. And that's how you can get a... Uh, uh, an intrinsic or a fair value number <clears throat> percentage to see if it how how much it is undervalued. And Kimberly Clark, you know them, wiping butts, blowing noses. People are gonna need to do that for quite some time. Forty-five uh, percent free cash flow payout ratio, and I do like that they are thirteen um, percent net margin. So you see, it's a little bit lower, not as much as Merck or AbbVie. And that's pretty good for them in the consumer non-cyclicals. They can have lower, they usually do have lower net margins because there isn't as much explosive growth, but they are returning a lot back to shareholders. And that's, uh, they're definitely, but they're a dividend grower. I'm not buying them for the growth. No way, no how are you buying companies like Kimberly Clark or IBM. They're done growing. You are buying them for the dividend that they are growing. So I will trade, and that's what a lot of us do. We trade the company growth for the dividend growth. But if you look, and I know my guy Ian Lopik on Twitter is, uh, Twitter, he's on Twitter too, on YouTube has shown in his portfolio over the years how the companies have, they're not supposed to be growers, but they have grown. The share price has appreciated. As he always says, it's an ego boost. It's, uh, you know, a stroke in the ego to see those companies, uh, the share price grow and the capital gains on those shares. And that's it. I just bought those, those, you know, three companies, four total shares, which gave me an extra $13.88 of dividend income. That's nice. If I were to just take that money and have to use it for things, hey, that's, uh, that's food at the grocery store that one day. I, I wouldn't have to pay for it. I know I'm not going to go hungry. Isn't that an awesome thought just in and of, of itself? is that you don't have to go hungry. I've, <laughs> I think I'm one of them. Uh, so my these two portfolios that I talk about are not my only ones. I have a substantial amount of money that's been going into my IRA since 2003. 
but those are just mutual funds and and yeah that's boring and i'm not always been thrilled with their expense ratios what they charge at american funds so there's that bubbly bubbly so we uh, uh i've been putting money into this as my own little see how big i can get this so it's kind of a neat thing that i i put money automatically deducts from my paycheck i don't even see it it goes right into the ira account and with this one this is like fun money is what i'm building and i'm already at 1600 almost at 1600 dollars a year coming in in the taxable and i told my wife do you know if i said right now if we can go somewhere in the world that has an internet connection and we can live on $1,600 a year, we can retire, never have to have another penny earned. We could just live off the dividends. She said, we're not doing that. So that was shot down pretty quickly. She doesn't want to go live somewhere in the the world because I can't even imagine if you could live on 1,600 bucks USD a year. So we're not going there. I'm not going anywhere, but I am going to take a little bit of a very quick break because I'm running up against my time here. I'm going to stop the recording and I'm going to just say now we're taking a break and I will be right back. So I am right back. My, My wife loves when I do this. Uh, There's a band called Bad Religion that we are both fans of. And they would always do that for the encore. They would never leave the stage. They would ask the house if they could just turn the lights down. They would say, all right, good night, everybody. We're Bad Religion. Thanks for coming out and seeing us. We'll catch you next time. And and then the lights would go down. And then the lights would come right back up. And they never even left the stage. Like, hey, you're all still here. All right, we're going to play some encore songs. So that I always laugh. That's what she thinks of when I do this. Cause if you can see it from my perspective, I'm, I'm literally just pushing a button and then pushing a button again. And I, I maybe stop talking for, I don't know, 10 seconds, something like that. The song of the show today is, Oh, and about my wife too. I, you know, I ask her, don't you ever live with, or listen, now listen to me killing the pun like that. Just I'm not a joke teller for Christ's sake. I said to her, don't you ever listen to the show? And she said, why would I listen to the show? I live with the show, which this is true. All my stories she's heard, everything she's heard. But this is why I like doing this podcast. It's a great outlet. I like speaking what I'm doing, putting it out there into the universe, value, motivation. If my words can help one person with one thing, that's awesome. And I get the biggest kick out of my voice being heard all around the world in the future. As I say, whenever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening. And I really do mean that. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, I'm getting a few pennies from Anchor, but it's it's really it really is pennies. It's, it's not a, a lot. Maybe someday, but that day is not today. But we keep trying, we keep cranking, we keep moving forward full speed ahead look ahead and turn the props on <laughs> i can't think i don't know what else i was gonna say i'm getting loopy here so this is a very very interesting song of the show and it is up on uh the youtubers right now it's up on youtube and this is the uh nhl 94 
Sega Genesis theme song. I, as I just told you when I started this, I am a big hockey fan and I don't, I'm having a little bit of a, a crisis right now with, with my hockey love and affinity because last year the whole shutdown just right in the middle of the season and we didn't know what was going on and and then it starts up and the Stanley Cup was just awarded a few weeks ago when training camp should have been in full swing. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, NHL 94 harkens back to the days that I remember walking through snow a couple blocks through Chicago to my friend's house. I remember being excited. You know, it gets dark early. I have specific memories of walking with my Chuck Taylors. They would get all wet in the snow. Uh, looking up at the streetlight as the snowflakes come down, seeing your breath. Just the air is crisp and cold. A lot of you may not know what this is or that I'm talking about, but here in the north, in the northwest, I don't know where I am. I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not in the Pacific Northeast or the Atlantic Northeast. Pacific Northeast. Good Lord. No, I'm in the Midwest, the upper Midwest. I'm in Chicago. Good old sweet home, Chicago. The home of the blues, the Windy City. It is not Windy City because it's windy. It got that moniker back, back, way back in the day because the politicians, they said, were full of hot air or full of wind. That's why they call it the Windy City. And I enjoy those days walking with, I uh, I had to bring an extra controller sometimes with my King's coat on. Just fun times, fun, fun times. We would get together with the guys, put on the radio. This is why I know so many songs from the 80s too. We would sit in one of our friends' either bedrooms or uh, another kid's uh, basement. And we would just, I guess kids don't do this anymore because they they play over the phone on, on the uh, internet. We would have to sit around a TV and plug our controllers into a console and play against each other. And we would have tournaments. We would just eat soda and Doritos and listen to music till 10 o'clock at night. We would have tournaments. Uh, a couple times we tried betting our allowance money, which didn't go over so well. It got kind of heated between uh, freshmen in high school, eighth graders, freshmen in high school, when one person lost. Uh, it would get a little salty. You, everybody wanted to win, but nobody wanted to lose. And we, a couple times, you know, between people, the fights almost broke out. Uh, you know, hormones raging and all that type of thing all that jazz and we would play one of the guys would uh, make out a list you could pick one team we would do round robin style uh, you know play one person you lose you go to another we would make a brackets just a fun time really good time I'm glad I experienced that and as I said though man does life go fast 10 years is really not a long time so do what you have to do. I'm going to close with that. Figure it out. Write down, write, answer that question that, that one I asked earlier. If you knew that you were going to die three years from today, what would you regret not doing? It's, it's easy to say, and I'm going to try and do this myself. I don't want to have any regrets. And that's tough because there. 
how how do you <clears throat> how can you be 42 years old as I am and not have any regrets or regrets as that uh, that commercial said from a few years ago with the tattoo the guy got a tattoo I think it was on his back and it said no regrets regrets was spelled wrong <clears throat> and check out that song a lot of you won't get it and I don't care it's my show that song though you want to talk about a smile on my face when I hear that song kick in and it's it's MIDI format, M-I-D-I, I believe is what it was called, the format they used back in the early 90s. When I hear that song, so the game came out in March of 1993. When I played that and put it up, just I just have a flood of memories. And the memories are so tangible that I can I can hear, smell. I remember what my friend's bedroom smelled like his house, you know, people's houses, you have their own smell and just good times. And it's just amazing. All those guys I was in that room with. So there was four other guys. There was five of us. I haven't spoken to any of them in, in many, many years. A couple of them, it's been at least 20 years, maybe more since I, you know, since we were in high school and it's unfortunate, but I have my health. I have, which again, if you, if you don't have your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So to me, having, being healthy has always been a part of of my plan in life going forward, because I want to be able to enjoy my golden years and not have to be, you know, trying to control what I can control, so to speak, focusing on those controllables and just, you know, somebody cut me off today. And I, my initial reaction was to get really mad. And then I, I just, I said, I can only control how I react to people. Life is like a video game. You can only control yourself, what you do, what you think, feel, and do, and how you react to everybody else playing the game. They are non playable characters for you and your perspective and your vantage point. You can only control how you react to the world. And that goes for your family, your kids. Believe me, when my kids sometimes do stuff that I can't believe they're doing, I can't control them. All I can do is keep trying to instill my beliefs into them. And just remember that. It's <laughs> it's hard, but if everybody were to try and do this a little bit more, I think the world would be a little bit better place to know that when somebody cuts you off and you would just want to fly, I, I wanted to fly up on his bumper and get next to him and just, you know, and it was close. I mean, it was unnecessary and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm venting to you, but instead of doing that, you know, I felt, I almost felt insulted as a man. Like, who does this guy think he is that he could just cut me off like that with no signal at a moment's notice. And then I, I just, I took a breath and I said, you know what? Maybe he's having a bad day. He doesn't know about me. He doesn't care about me. Maybe he is fighting a battle that if I were to do that and I could set him off and I could be some the thing that pushes him over. I'm just glad I did. And I took a breath, let off the accelerator, backed off of him just enough. And it still bothered me, but not as much. So this stuff works. This stuff really does work. And I'm glad I did because you just do not know 
the kind of demons that somebody else has, the kind of struggles they're going through. Who knows what happened? He could have just found out he's going to get divorced from his wife. Who knows? I don't know him. He doesn't know me. He doesn't care about me. Please, if you're hearing this, just let it go. And there's a podcaster I love that has a fantastic saying. Uh, His name is David Smalley, and he always closes out his podcast by saying, drive like you know each other. I think that's great. And I'll come up with a saying, you know, time flies, something not cheesy or generic. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm rambling on when uh, we're going to watch some uh, some narcos here. We're getting through it slow. Anyway, people, thank you. Follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78. And I will see you and talk to you. I won't see you because it's a podcast. I will talk to all y'all on Friday. Friedag, Viernes, hasta luego. I will talk to y'all y'all later.